for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Good morning, all y'all. Come on in. Boy, we've got a lot to talk about today as it relates to your house. Everybody's trying to get something done. And that's why we show up every Saturday morning to try and help you get that getting done, really done, finished, checked off. If you'd like to visit with us, and talk about your home remodeling, maintenance, or improvement project, give us a ring at one 767 4348 I'm here in the broadcast studio with my son, Romy, and co-host with uh, my wife, Sweet Jennifer, in the call screening booth who will take your name and number, as well as with our dear Miss Carol Grace Vore and our broadcast engineer, Gary D. All here gathered to focus on one thing, you in your home. Give us a ring at one 767 4348 and uh, let's visit. Now, in the remodeling business, let me just surface a couple realities of what's going on right now. In, in an article talking about costs of home improvement right now, uh, I'm going to quote, prices for granite insulation Concrete blocks, common brick, and lumber have all pushed to record highs. All of those. There, there's an organization. Actually, I believe they're based in Tempe, Arizona. It's called American Homes for Rent. And they built 1,600 rental homes across the country last year. Their lumber bill went from $10,000 a unit to $20,000 a unit, to $25,000 In what time frame? In a year. In a year. Yeah, or less than a year. In less than a year. So we, we have published for a long time what you could expect to spend per square foot for a kitchen remodel um, that was good, better, or luxury. Same with a bathroom. We are now having to go into our database Import the new prices for the materials of what that job would cost in today's dollars and upgrading all of those spreadsheets. It's absolutely incredible. And then you add the supply chain challenges to all of this. Companies that have historically produced for us in three weeks consistently for decades, 12 weeks. And you add to that... How hard it is to get employees right now. Everybody's begging for help. You know what? We have a lot of grumpy callers lately. <laughs> a year a, a, a year of it all building up, I guess. Yep. Oh, man. Grumpy how? Just can't get what they want right. when they you want? Know, I think historically, people are used to being able to hear back very quickly, to schedule pretty quickly. But we had a request just this week to have a tile job done by April 13th. That person will be lucky to hear back by April didn't, 13th. Didn't didn't say, could you find someone 
that could get to me. No, it says, I just need this. called and said, I need job done by April 13th. <laughs> and said, well, good luck, then, sister. I try to listen with compassion. Sorry. <laughs> and answer with grace. You better and, learn how to set tiles, sweetheart. <laughs> well, you know what? It is a, It is just a new era. It's going to be a, a big job to to change that mindset that I can, if I want it, I can get it. If I go to the store, it's going to be there. You know, you order things and you may not get exactly what you want unless you're willing to wait. And I even... And oh, don't heard Bruce. Don't I don't know order, if this was. Don't order any plumbing fixtures from Egypt right now. I don't know if this was personal <laughs> or a client, but he was saying yesterday they needed an air conditioning unit, and they the only thing in stock was this one unit, and they were trying to go with you know a train, but the turnaround time they ended up slapping just wait, yeah something like a York in because that was the only thing that was sitting around. It was going to be weeks before. The next shipment came in. Yeah, and the summer is almost here. So, it's, and be I would just beg everybody's patience, especially with their air conditioning guys. This is already high season, so if you have waited to call them, it's going to be really hard to schedule. And if you have a problem, call yesterday. And Jeff Farias sent us that note about three weeks ago, and we've mentioned a few times on air that uh, if you limped through last year on your air conditioning unit. You better start the process now. Oh, boy. Because it's going to be weeks before your unit's in, in stock. Yeah, and we all do our best, but there's only so much we can control. Well, and, go ahead. I say, and, and the Texas storm shut down one of the train's facilities. Yeah. The, it the, got, yeah. the uh, roof froze right, and collapsed, right. so they got to they rebuild one of their facilities. Boy, to, they got a triple whammy. COVID, uh, yeah. ice storm, employees, <laughs> man. Tough times. So as a part of trying to bring light to your life, enjoyment, smile to your face and a sparkle to your eye. This week, we highlight in our newsletter places you could possibly consider worshiping this Easter Passover weekend, Lo- locations all across Arizona. And I, th- I thought the newsletter just did a fabulous job of bringing out places that you need to know about. Uh, both from historical standpoints as well as architectural standpoints. And one in particular just recently completed up at Summerhaven up on Mount Lemmon was done by the Rosie Certified architect down in Tucson, Chauncey Myers, that we're going to bring into the conversation right now. This building is absolutely incredible. Chauncey, thanks for joining us this morning. Well, good morning, Rosie. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. And we've sent out pictures of this structure, this chapel, this shrine, uh, but it no picture could do the craftsmanship of this building any justice at all. Tell me one thing, Chauncey. How does, a, how does an architect in Tucson get a commission to build a Byzantine shrine to marry the undoer of knots in Summer Haven. Well, it's uh, it. I think it's a lot has to do with just being blessed. And uh, I had clients that I have had since 1999. They're uh, they uh, own a charter school here in Tucson, uh, Rose Academy uh, uh, Charter Schools, and uh, we worked together real well. And one day they said we bought some lots up in Mount Lemon, and would you be interested in building us a, a Byzantine Chapel, and that started from there, and I did my research, research and uh, on uh, Byzantine architecture in the Cap- Capillarian Mountains region in uh, Ukraine, 
and uh, did the architectural research and then also did some research on the practice of the Byzantine Rite, uh, uh, Catholic Rite. Uh, so with that, uh, uh, we created what we have there. The wood, the woodworking is so incredibly intricate. How did you find the manpower with the experience and the craftsmanship to put something like this together? Did you have to import your team from the Byzantine region? <laughs> well, thank God we did not have to do that. But uh, Gene and Catherine Kinghorn, who was the uh, who, who made all this happen, I had a relationship with a builder uh, named Gary Griffith. And uh, Gary is uh, one of those, uh, there's still some of these guys around that are, that are craftsmen, master craftsmen. This guy can build anything. He can cut any complex joint in wood. Um, the biggest problem here was that we had uh, cons- three consecutive rings uh, that were, that slowly got smaller as they went up. And that, and so we have octagons, octagons and octagons. And each one of those octagons had a beam but then you had a slope at the uh, the ridges, which were eight of them, down to another octagon. So, so the the knowledge of having to be able to cut a multiple three-dimensional joint, and any carpenter would know what I'm talking about. But it's you're basically cutting a piece of wood in three different dimensions at one time, and uh, you can and, mess that up really carefully. You really and, well, and then to know that the framing that you're cutting isn't going to be covered by sheetrock. This is the finished product. These cuts are your rough carpentry to put the skeleton of the building together, but they are your trim carpentry, a manifestation of the craftsmanship it takes to put something like this together. Well, one of the things that Gary and I talked about many times is it's too bad we have to cover all these joints up. Oh, man. It it, it just made us both sick, to be honest with you, but we need to insulate it, and that wasn't the uh, nature of this architecture. Um, we were assimilating the uh, uh, the wooden architecture of the uh, Ukraine region, and it was basically uh, they built it out of timber, and they really didn't have they solid timber. They didn't really have studs or joists. It was all just solid, and uh, uh, that was a tradition there, so we tried to emulate that tradition in the architecture, but... Um, Many times we looked up there and said, these joints were so tight, Rosie, and they were so beautifully done. I mean, these this beam coming at, a, at, a, <laughs> at an angle, like, you know, it just was amazing. Well, it is. And, folks, if you don't get uh, just, just one more reason to get our weekly newsletter, if you don't get it, just Google Mary, the undoer of Knott's Shrine. Uh, in Mount on Mount Lemon, and uh, y'all just recently completed this. We, well, Romy and I were privileged enough to walk it. Uh, I can't remember if it was before the accident or after the accident, uh, but y'all just finished this, and it is open to the public to some capacity right now. Yes, uh, if you do have a chance to go to the uh, website, which you commented, Mary Shrine dot org, and. Uh, Make sure you get, there's other shrines, but uh, make sure you see the one with Mount Lemon, and uh, uh, you will see that. And they, they have a point where you can make a reservation to see it at this point. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, hopefully in the near future, open to the public on Saturdays and a little bit on Sundays. And they're going to have services coming up here, too, hopefully pretty quick. But um, 
And if you go to that website, you'd actually make a reservation on a Saturday to to visit it and uh, uh, and and gain. get get a little history about about Mary Undur of Nantes as well as the Byzantine Catholic uh, theology. Uh, it, it's a great website, and and you can uh, reach in there and make a reservation to get a tour. Uh, it's it is absolutely architecturally and craftsmanship wise. It is incomparable. More when we get back with Chauncey Myers right after this. Here at Rose on the House, taking the opportunity to share with our Arizona homeowners interesting places of worship. Located throughout the state of Arizona, right now we're talking to an architect out of Tucson, Mr. Chauncey Myers, who just finished an incredible Byzantine architectural craftsmanship, unbelievable building up on the top of Mount Lemmon at Summerhaven. Chauncey, how does a how does an architect from Tucson end up with a commission like this? I how did you end up in Tucson? What oh, well, and what kind of work? What kind of work? What were you doing that led somebody to say he's the guy for the job? Yeah, the uh, I you know I've been to Tucson since uh, eighty uh, since seventy two when I graduated from Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois University in a degree in technical degree in architecture and a bachelor of science in interior design and I wanted warmer climate so I ended up in Tucson worked six years for the university in the facilities department as a draftsman. And then went back and got my degree in architecture in uh, 80, 80, 81 and then uh, opened my practice in uh, 1984. And what, what kind of work does Chauncey like to do? Well, I, love, I do love residential. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's involved, much more involved. But uh, dealing with people and changing, uh, changing a home, and you, you know how this is, Rosie, when you go into a home and it's okay and when you finish the it it it's just changes their lifestyle changes their attitude it, and that's the that's the biggest pleasure I get out is actually actually remodeling is uh I get the most pleasure out of residential remodeling and then I do commercial work also um it's sort of strange I I cut my teeth in remodeling at the University of Arizona and I sort of have a uh I just because uh, you change something uh, that's existing and you make it so much better. And, and uh, uh, so I guess if I was saying one thing, I really enjoy remodeling. Uh, it requires all the talent you can ever muster to understand what's behind the walls. And, and I'm working on a house right now. It's uh, in uh, Winter Haven here in Tucson. They're known for their uh, winter lights. And uh, it's an old uh, veneer brick home. Um, with a center bearing wall with a kicker going up to a ridge beam, a ridge board, and um, we're putting a beam across there and opening up this house. It's going to completely change uh, the way this house looks. That, that, that particular subdivision has a homeowners association that says if you buy in here, you will put up Christmas lights. There's no, there's no question about that. <laughs> not, only, not only that, many of the homes are on the you know, National Registry. Oh, it's a beautiful subdivision. We've walked it for the Christmas lights with our family when they were kids many times. Chauncey, if somebody wanted to try and get a hold of you and visit about the potentials of what their house could become, how would they do that? 
Well, they go on my website, which is chaunceymeyer.com, um, or they can give me a call, and uh, I'll give you my cell number here, and that's a 520-349-0839. And I'd love to talk to anybody about what they would like to do, um, and it's always it's uh, it's always fun meeting new people and uh, establishing a, a good working relationship with the owners and the contractors. So I, you know, I I grew up. My father was a heating air conditioning contractor in Illinois, and uh, he always told me that all work is honorable. And so I have a lot of respect for those men out each day that are performing the work that I draw. I I can't say enough for those those gentlemen and, and ladies. Uh, it's uh, a pleasure working with them. Well, I can't say enough about congratulating you for the completion of this shrine up at Summerhaven in uh, on Mount Lemon. It is absolutely a gorgeous and and it is that it, it is the type of project if you appreciate fine craftsmanship. Uh, completely aside from the spiritual relationship of walking in the building, if you just know what it takes to put together a building like this in the cuts that are so tight, the wood that's exposed in every dimension, it's jaw-dropping. Congratulations, Chauncey. It's a beautiful job. Well, thank you, Rosie. And coming for you, that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you taking time out this weekend and joining us for a few minutes on the show. You have a great, blessed Easter weekend, my friend. Well, bless you, and I hope all of our Christians and Jewish friends have a wonderful, wonderful, uh, blessed uh, weekend. And before we leave Tucson, Kevin Rogers was saying something oh, yeah. about U uh, of A game last night. What happened? U of A oh, basketball game. Oh, U of A uh, Lady Wildcats made history. <laughs> They're going to play in their very first championship game, and they beat the dynasty in women's basketball, UConn. Not only beat them, they they just flattened them out. They played incredible defense. So Lady Wildcats play Sunday for the whole thing. That's awesome. Congratulations. All right. Very good. Now, one of the other things I wanted to do in today's show is cover some of these other locations that we've got highlighted in places of worship throughout Arizona. Did you know one of the oldest synagogues, the oldest synagogue in Arizona, is in Tucson? I did not. I want to cover some of these other great places. I want to talk to you about your house, home, castle, or cabin. one 767 Here at Rosie on the House, we're highlighting some of the architecturally interesting as well as historically significant places to worship on this Passover Easter weekend throughout the state of Arizona. But we are a call-in talk show that like you to call us and let us help you with navigating any problem or question you've got about your house, home, castle, or cabin. So Mark, who is calling from Maricopa, has a question or two. Let's see if we can help him out. Good night. Good morning, Mark. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for what you guys do. Yeah, you bet um, you. My deal is, okay, um, my deal is that um, uh, I bought a home out of here in Maricopa about uh, a year ago, January. Okay. And, you know, it was, it was a new build. Had the uh, walkthrough, you know, the one year, uh, whatever, for the warranty. But it just seems that I can never get the work done 
correctly and properly how <sighs> it should be done. And, you know, it's, you know, it's a national builder. Uh, I mean, I know it's a track home. Uh, you know, there's issues that come along with that anyways. But it just seems that, for example, I have a kitchen drawer, or I have drawers in my kitchen that keep falling off of their tracks. And, you know, about have my... You broke up just a hair. Do we still have you, Mark? Oh, oh man. I wonder Something if we lost... And when the he connection. says falling off his tracks, I'm picturing this an indoor sliding pocket door. Well, it's a cabinet drawer is what oh, he was talking about. Oh, oh, oh. Here's, regardless of what the issues are, Mark, um, and it sounds like the list is kind of ongoing, here's what I would encourage you to do. I would ask you to put that all in writing and date stamp it and mail it to that particular contractor. That way you're capturing the complaint in writing should this ever need to take the next step and go to the registrar of contractors for resolution. Something that documents this was a problem before the one year. Yeah, and and he's actually just had the one year warranty and I would I would I would say, look, here are the things we covered at the one year that aren't done. Here are the things that have come up that need to be addressed and get that. And, and if date stamping, it means mailing it certified letter, mail it certified letter and hang on to that. Then when they respond to you, simply say, and, and listen, Mark, we were talking about it at the top of the hour. Everybody in this industry is absolutely hammered right now. If they're, if they don't have a huge backlog of work, they're dealing with a huge backlog of needs for manpower and the supply chain that's been completely blown apart by COVID and oil wells that shut down and factories that have had to been, you know, social distance and protected. Everything is at a disarray right now. So I'm going to ask you to take an extra measure of patience, but document it in writing. And when someone gets back to you, Ask them to communicate to you in writing as to when I could see a technician to fix this problem. When will I expect this list to be finished? And if you'll patiently set the expectations that it's all going to be in writing, it's all going to be documented, I'm guessing that you'll probably have uh, a little bit better response from whoever it is other than somebody just calling them fussing yelling and making the poor uh schedulers uh schedule day awful put it in writing document it and through the process of getting it all done continue the written documentation and i'm not saying i uh, you didn't mention the company and the builder uh but the warranty work you know Sometimes it can be somebody with a little less experience. They've got their best men on the job doing the build, and there's less responsibility on a lot of the little fix-up things. So you might have uh, somebody who's maybe apprentice level. What you want is you want the 70-year-old guy that can't <laughs> do the physical framing that was the A-man for 40 years and but can't put his tools down. That's who you want to come fix it. So ask for your... The, the, the amen repairman to come out. There you go. And and document. Look, we've tried to fix this three times already. Let's 
let's get the right person up here. All right, so Mark, I hope that helps in the guidance of navigating this situation, and I hope it gets it resolved for you quick. Let's see if we can go to Maryland real quick before we get back to our topic. There are some of these locations I really want to get covered today. Maryland, good morning. How can we help? Hi, Rosie. Thanks for taking my call. I um, was um, trying to recock the bottom of my shower. I have a tile shower with with the floor uh, at the bottom. The tile was coming, the caulking was coming out. So I scraped it out and I went in this morning to recock it. But when I stepped on the floor, I could hear gurgling. So there's water under the floor pan in the shower. How old a shower is this? It's over 30 years old. Uh-huh. Um, so how bad is that? Are you seeing any indications of water deterioration or staining on the other side of the wall where the baseboard is in the closet or the outside of this shower? No. Okay. Having the floor a little squishy after 30 years in and of itself, is not a real concern. Um, And when you say a little squishy, I guess that's subjective. But if I got in there and I was on my knees and I put my hand on the the center of the floor and I just applied a little weight, you know, if I I got an eighth inch of a deflection in the floor or I could hear a little bit of squish, that wouldn't concern me too bad on a 30-year-old shower. But if I were stepping in there and actually feeling give in the floor and water was squirting out from these cracks where you've removed the caulk, that's a situation where you're probably going to have to take a look at it. You have a couple options. There are uh, bathroom specialists that come in and they will just go over all of that with a fiberglass unit, one piece fiberglass unit, and then they'll put the one piece fiberglass walls up and put a shower door on it. And that's probably going to be about your most economical way to solve it. They put a new drain in that goes all the way through the tile, through the existing drain that's there into the drain lines. And now the problem is all but eliminated from continuing. What's down there will stay there. If you want to gut it out and get down to the bottom and retile it, you're going to have to do the entire shower. You cannot just redo the floor. The way a tile shower is done is the waterproofing membrane that goes into the drain has to cover the entire floor and then come up the wall a ways before it stops. So you can't just go in and replace a tile floor. The, uh, Fiberglass insert situation uh, is probably a three to five thousand, maybe seven thousand dollar option. Retiling it is in excess of ten thousand. So I hope that gives you some starting points of ways to consider. I hope that helps you navigate the situation. Real quick before we have to go to break, can we can we cover a couple of these locations that we've highlighted in the newsletter? Any of them particularly grab your attention? I mean, the most... They all do. Yeah, yeah. The most popular one, the one that everyone probably knows, of course, is Chapel of the Holy Cross up in Sedona. Oh, sitting on the side of the no. hill? Uh, I mean, you know, it, it... And I have to say, I have never been in that building. No, and, you know, I've, I've never figured out how to get to it when you... <laughs> and, and I've never tried either. 
But if you know what to look for, if you're going into Sedona from Oak Creek, not up from Cottonwood, but from Oak Creek, as you crest over and you see Sedona for the first yeah. time, you, you if you're looking right, it's almost straight in front of you. It's a and uh, once you pick it out of the rock, you can almost never not see it. That's again. right. It it really is beautiful. And I I uh, I I I will confess, I would have a hard time attending a service in that building. You'd be too distracted with the I, architecture. I would be too distracted with the view. That's for sure. Is that the reason churches but, have such extraordinary architecture work in it to to all <laughs> inspire you? To all inspire you. I have a question. So you've got Chapel of the Holy Cross in Sedona. I love trying to find things that you don't know the answer to. It's like 0.01%, but I have a trivia question for you. Far away. Do you know which church in the world took the longest to build? No, I do not. Um, Any guesses? Uh, I'm going to guess Notre, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame in, in uh, Paris. Close. Any other guesses? No. I, I mean, Jennifer and I saw a church castle in Prague that took 500 years. To build? Yeah. Well, and I need to do some more research. Well, it may, it may not officially have been a church. It, was, it had a church in it, but it was a palace. St. Peter's Basilica took 150 years to build. How do you, as an architect, pass that treasure, like pass that treasured project along to the next person? I don't understand. Gosh, and then the guy that laid the cornerstone never got to see the rest. never got to see it. Yeah, it's generations of, of 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 craftsmen. And the one that we saw, you could see where each generation. Took on a new, you know, there the was layer. different products yeah. or different styles. So it was, when you, as you looked up the wall, it changed over time. Well, here's a couple places right here in Arizona. If you haven't been uh, to, and I always have a trouble with this. I have to say it silently to myself a couple times. Tumacockery. <laughs> if you haven't been to Tumacockery, to take a look at the mission there. It was began in 1753. That's 23 years before the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> they were building a mission church in southern Arizona. And the fascinating thing about that, I think it's a state park. The fascinating thing about that state park is they actually have an area of the original foundation excavated with a piece of fiberglass, clear clear plexiglass, that you can actually look in and see the stones that were set in 1753. Wouldn't think you'd find that in Arizona. Man, is that incredible? Some rich, rich history in that part of Arizona. And just up the road, uh, my sister always cuts me off at the knees because she says I pronounced this wrong. Mission San Javier de Bac, uh, the white dove of the desert, of course, is a is a fabulous, and it dates to 1692. Is that thing. San Xavier? Yeah, and that's what she always slaps me for and pronouncing it that way. How is it supposed to be? Javier. Javier. Yeah. Xavier. It begins with J, right? She'll probably yeah. start. She'll probably call and correct me right now, any minute. And if you want to, dear sister, you can. That would be fine. Uh, how about say, the how, about, how about downtown Phoenix, St. Mary's Basilica in downtown Phoenix? Is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The White Dove of the Desert is iconic in Arizona history. That's for sure. Uh, but St. Mary's Basilica—that's that's a that's a church currently still experiencing worship services. You know, 
You got the Sacred Heart Catholic Church. I'm assuming that has something Prescott. to do with the college or the school preparatory school. Yeah, it's somewhere. right there on the same campus. Same thing. The First United Methodist Church in Mesa. I mean, we have some beautiful, beautiful the St. Augustine Cathedral in Tucson, Clear Creek Church up in Camp Verde, All Saints Church out in Oracle. Some truly, truly beautiful places. And the Native Americans probably had it right to begin with, where you just found a beautiful place to observe creation, experience the sunrise, the cloud, feel the wind, smell the earth. Uh, and, and for that sanctuary, you could be any place your little heart desired in the great state of Arizona. And it, with that said, if you've never been to a sunrise worship service up at McKee Amphitheater on the south rim of the Grand Canyon, you should put that on your bucket list. And the other thing you should do is we should all petition the uh, Forest Service uh, for opening up the Mather Point Amphitheater for public uh, reservation. Right, right now they use it, I think, only for ranger presentations. But if you could do a sunrise service Easter at Mather Point Amphitheater, it would be a truly, truly potentially life-changing experience. So great places for you to spend this Easter Passover, and I mentioned Passover, and I mentioned it quickly, but the first synagogue in Arizona is in Tucson, built in 1910. So you can there, also participate there. Tucson has a lot of Arizona's firsts. That's where they you know, entered in following the San yeah. Pedro River and, yeah. and established it and, uh, right there at the, the confluence of the rivers. And that temple, that synagogue, is currently the Jewish History Museum and Holocaust History Center. That's right here in Tucson. So how about that? So all great places for you to appreciate the significance of this weekend in your faith. Now, I haven't seen it in a while, but the Wall Street Journal was covering the Notre, Notre Dame Church after the pretty fire. extensively after the fire. And one of the really interesting things is it'll never be able to restore to its original um, structure because there aren't enough trees that size that mm. made the rafters to, you know, there, there was something like 1,200 of these huge trees were harvested oh my and set in place to make up that the roof, and those trees don't exist in the world today. So I'm gonna have to glue lamb it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> gonna take some. Oh man! But uh, but here uh, in Arizona, one at the time of construction, the first Christian church on Seventh Avenue in uh, Central Phoenix was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright Beautiful and building. named. One of the ten greatest churches in America, built back in the fifties, sixties ish. Beautiful, beautiful building. It really is, and and even that little first Mesa church, first uh, uh, Methodist church in uh, Mesa. I mean, it was built with sand and stone. Just they harvested out of the river bottom. You know, that was one of the first churches ever put up in Mesa. That's real adobe. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so great places 
to worship in, about, and around the state of Arizona. Hey, I have one question from a caller yesterday. Okay, far away. Yeah, so um, she heard you talking a couple weeks ago about the magnetite when magnetic windows that you put over your mm-hmm. windows. We were talking about that in context of sound barriers. Yes, great. And she has a west-facing window, uh, 59 by 84-ish, and she was thinking she would like to use them. That's on since it's on the west side of the house that she would use that for um, keeping the room cooler. Yeah. But I didn't know if that would actually help. Oh, yeah, yeah, it definitely would. But there's a problem. For all the years that we've talked about this magnetite product, uh, something is happening down there. They're actually made as storm windows in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And they've either had a change of ownership or a, or a second generation or third generation has taken. I can't get them to return phone calls or answer any questions. So, yes, it is a, it is a hugely cost-competitive solution to what they're trying to do. But I'm not going to refer these people unless I can get them to start responding to me again. Uh, I've even asked them, I said, do you have a distributor dealer in Arizona? I'll be your dealer. And they won't even return my call. Wow. Well, what would be plan B for her then? Well, uh, plan B is going to be making, can she sunshade it? Can she landscape shade it? Uh, Can we we tint it? What is the existing window that she has now? Uh, she did say it was builder grade, so they're not great, but she was hoping not to have to replace windows. Yeah, then we're, then we're going to have to deal it with, with shading and screening uh, to, to be cost effective uh, for particularly glass size of that size. So with all that said, what have we got coming up in the 10 o'clock hour? We have that question that, that keeps getting asked about efflorescence. Uh, I actually mentioned that we were going to cover it last week and we got on one of Rosie's bunny trails and the calls took me away from topic. And I, I got some response this week about, hey, you never answered that question. So in the 10 o'clock hour, we'll have to come back and talk a little bit about efflorescence. We also have a, a water testing product a security uh, system uh, that alerts you should you have a water heater leak it's something jennifer found at the national hardware show a couple days they've upgraded the technology and we're going to have them on for a few minutes and visit as well as we're going to talk about the topic of just water safety in general as the season now i don't think we're going to hit triple figures this week in the valley but we're going to come really really close and i know a couple nieces that grandchildren that will hit the swimming pool. That it's way too cold for oh. me, but I know they'll go. Roxy plunged in Lake Pleasant yesterday. Hey, yeah, yeah, oh mercy! One more hour of Rosie on the house. When we get back, y'all don't go anywhere. It's-